Have you ever heard that saying, there's nothing to fear except fear itself? Well, try telling that to a chronic worrier. It's like, okay, what do I do with that? (laughs) But truthfully, biblically, there is a purpose for fear. Now, if you were to do a little internet search, you would find that the phrase, fear not, appears 61 times in the King James Version of the Bible, with 31 additional variations such as, fear ye not. But... We are also told to fear, specifically to fear the Lord. So which one is it? Fear or no fear? Today, we're going to discuss what it means to fear the Lord. How, as worriers, we're actually fearing the wrong things and how the right kind of fear will actually help us stop worrying. Stop with all the anxiety and obsessive thoughts so we can start to live a bolder, more confident life. Are you just so tired of feeling broken? Do you wanna take a deep breath and know that everything's going to be okay? That even when you slip, you have something to fall back on? Listen, I see you. Welcome to the Broken to Bless podcast. Here you'll find answers as we shine a light on some of the deepest inner struggles and spiritual battles we face today. My mission is to help you build a strong foundation of faith, kick old mindset habits to the curb, and refocus on what really matters. Hi there, I'm Randy, a wife, a mom, and saved by grace. I've struggled with depression, anxiety, and addiction issues since forever. But after surrendering to God in 2020, my life did a 180. He gave me a new heart, a new purpose, and a new life. It didn't matter that I was broken, because I'm made whole with Him, and you can be too. It's never too late for us to be redeemed. God has a good plan for each of us and a path for restoration. So if you're ready to live by faith, find peace, be present, and trust where your life is going, then listen up. It's time to let go of who you think you are and step into who God created you to be. Let's do this. Proverbs 14, 26 through 27. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So I'm really excited to talk about this today because as I've said before on this show, I've struggled with so much anxiety over the years. As far back as I can remember, honestly, I have always been terrified of making choices. People that know me know that in the past, I could be extremely indecisive and I could question everything all day long. My thoughts would just spin around my head and heaven forbid someone ask me to make a decision or do something spur of the moment because such questions could possibly leave me paralyzed with fear. Like, for real people, like serious fear. If you have anxiety, you already get this already. Worrying. It sucks. (laughs) And this has started to change. Since I started going to church at the very end, like November of 2020, over the past few years, the Lord really has worked on my heart and he has slowly changed this. But it has been a process. And not one that I'm going to say like, oh, I never worry at all anymore. 
But the Lord is absolutely showing me every day how all that worrying that I've been doing my entire life really has done me no good and I've been fearing the wrong things, okay? And that's why, that's the purpose of this show today is that I really want to share these things with you guys because it's helped me so much in such a short amount of time. And I want to share with you guys that uh, I started to read this book and it's really the inspiration behind today's talk. It's called Courage, Fighting Fear with Fear. And it's by Wayne A. Mack and Joshua Mack. And this book has been just absolutely amazing to read. And it's really, really helped me. There are questions in the book that you can walk through. I highly recommend that you get this book and that if you are a chronic warrior or you just struggle with um, fearing everything and you have extreme anxiety, I really do recommend that you get this book. I will drop the link in the description so you can click over to Amazon and get it right away because it's seriously, is is that amazing? So let's go ahead and dive into this. And really, we are only scratching the surface, but in this book, we learn that the Bible talks about two types of fear. The fear of man versus the fear of the Lord. So the Bible warns against the fear of man, but encourages the fear of the Lord. Why? You know, but I thought that the Lord was supposed to be good and why would we have to fear him? So here's a few supporting verses that I looked up on the fear of the Lord. So Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalm 111.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. So there's just a few verses and there's a lot like that. But before we get into why we should be fearing the Lord, we need to back up to the fear of man. Because if you suffer from anxiety and worrying constantly, you most likely have the fear of man, the fear of people, of other people, what other people think, the fear of man. So I'm going to quote a couple things from chapter five of this book, Courage. And honestly, There's so much, like I said, there's so much in this book that I'm barely scratching the surface. But in chapter five, he talks about the fear of man. And it says, the fear of man reveals your values. It reveals those things you think of as most important. He goes on to say, we fear man because we value comfort and life on this earth more than we value heaven. The more we love heaven, the less we fear bad things happening on earth. God has given believers all sorts of wonderful promises concerning our eternal future. We won't fear man if we bank on his promises. So thinking about that, like if you don't know the promises of God, you are not going to value those promises. You're not going to understand. You're not going to value what we have eternally. You're going to value what we have in the material world, what we have on this earth. And what we have on this earth is corruptible, but what we have 
in the afterlife that is incorruptible. Okay, those are what we should be banking on. You know, you, you've heard that phrase, even if you're not a believer, you've heard that phrase, you know, store your treasures in heaven. I'm sure you've heard that. But if you don't understand it, it doesn't mean anything. And I can look back at my entire life and I didn't know what any of the promises of God were. I didn't even understand that there were promises in the Bible. That basic concept I did not get. And even when I started to go to church, you know, I heard about the promises of God, you know, singing about the promises of God in those first, you know, those first few months, those first moments in church. But I didn't understand what that meant. He goes on to say in this book, we aren't thinking about how God is at work as he promised for our good. If we understood how much God could do, how much God loved us, and how committed God was to keeping his promise, there's nothing that could cause us to be truly afraid. Our courage would be up and our fears would be down. So our view of God is unbiblical. If we are chronic worriers, that means that we are focused on the wrong things. We are focused on the things of this earth. We are focused on other people. And we are afraid of what can happen to us based on other people, other people's opinions of us, other people, their actions towards us. We worry. We worry about making decisions. We worry about what other people are going to do. We worry about everything and anything under the sun, okay? There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no lack in worrying when you're a chronic warrior. So he says, the person who fears man does not trust the Lord. And the person who trusts the Lord does not fear man. He says, you fear what you trust and you trust what you fear. If you fear man, it's because you are trusting in man. And if you fear God, it's because you're trusting in God. So that might seem confusing, but as it says in here, if you put your hope in people, if you place your confidence in people, if you rely completely on people, then you're going to fear them because everything they do will affect you in some way. So if you look to people for deliverance, then you're going to end up being afraid of them. But if you trust God, rely on him and place your confidence in him, then you're going to fear him. Simply put, if you're placing your trust and fear in people, like it says in Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. That means you aren't fully trusting the Lord. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Proverbs 19.23, The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. So what we have to do to stop worrying so much, to cast all our anxieties onto the Lord, is to develop a healthy, holy fear. The only fear we should have, fear only God. Matthew 10, 28 and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. 
So God is not asking us, you know, I read that, but I want to say God's not asking us to fear him with some malicious intent, okay? Like he wants us to respect him as the most high, the holy of holies. If you don't fear God and instead you fear man and you're worrying about all the things that's going on on earth or could happen or is happening, that means that you don't fear God. You don't trust him and you don't know how amazing and awesome he is. So let's think about how awesome God is for just a moment, okay? I want you to think about your favorite natural place. You know, maybe you're a mountains person and you love the mountains. Maybe you love the beach. Maybe you love the desert. What is it, okay? Personally, I love the mountains. I love taking a ride in the car up to the mountains. I just feel like the air is so fresh. I love just like the feeling that I get when I look out of my car window and we're going around those really windy roads and you look out the window and you can just see all these beautiful mountains and just how deep these valleys go and how many trees are covering these mountains. And especially if you're driving up to the mountains when it's fall and you see all the different colors of the trees and the reds and the oranges and the yellows, it's just absolutely breathtaking. And when you're driving down the road and you see these things, you can see on the side of the road, there's plenty of stops where people are getting out and they're taking photographs of how amazing this scenery is. If you're a beach person, I'm also, I love the beach as well, okay? And the beach, when I go, when I go to the beach, it's like there's so much to get there, okay? Like packing and driving and all the things that go with it. But when you get to the beach and you walk on it, the moment that your your feet hit the sand and that breeze hits your face that's coming off the ocean, I can't even describe the feeling. It's like a weight is just dropped, right? If you're a beach person, you totally get it. And I am never... Every time that I go to the beach, I'm never not amazed, okay? Every time I'm like, there it is. I made it. Finally, I'm here. And I could stand on the shore of the beach and just watch the waves for hours and hours. I love seeing the waves crashing up on the shore. I love the smell of the beach. I love the wind in my face. I love watching the birds, the seagulls dip down. I love seeing the ripples of the waves coming up and splashing over my feet. I I have videotaped, I can't even tell you how many hours of beach because I love the beach. And when I'm looking at that, I have to remember that God made this. He put the mountains there. He put the beach there. He created the waves. He created the sand. He created the wind. He made it all. And it's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. It's awesome. And he made that. And if he made that, how much more awesome is he? Our creator 
Now you think about that in a peaceful sense. I want you to think about a storm and the power of a storm. When you see those that footage of a hurricane and you can't even imagine being in that. When you see a tornado, footage of a tornado, and you can't even imagine standing there and seeing the force and the power behind those storms. He made those too. He made volcanoes. He made earthquakes. He made all of those things. And that is awesome. One of the things that he says in this book, Courage, is that people typically use the word awesome when they're describing something like ice cream or a song that they heard on the radio. But really, when we think of the Lord as awesome, we need to be thinking not ice cream sundae awesome. We need to be thinking about earthquake awesome. So I'm going to give you one more example. Fireworks. If you live in a state that allows to have real fireworks, you probably already know (laughs) how July 4th or New Year's Eve sounds in your area. A few years ago, our state finally legalized the big ones, the big fireworks, and um, holidays have never uh, sounded quite the same. (laughs) And they're definitely, it's more fun. So this past New Year's Eve, My husband went out and he got one of those boxes of fireworks. Now, if you've ever gone to the fireworks store, you know, they have single shots, but then they also have these really cool boxes that have a number of shots in them. So like 20, 30, 50, 100, what have you. I think we got like 20 shots or something. So New Year's Eve this past year, my husband went, he got a box of 20 shots and that night, At midnight, we all go out there. It's, you know, cold. (laughs) And he sets this box in the front yard. He lights it. And, you know, that quick, like, run away, like, oh, it's about to explode. He runs away, and it starts shooting off these shots. Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to stand in front of fireworks and have them be that close to you okay we're we were standing just to, to be fair we had children okay we are standing a safe distance away but i'm telling you <laughs> when those shots started firing up in the sky and you're seeing these fireworks light up the sky the sound is so loud It's right in your face and it's so amazing and beautiful, but also terrifying. It's awesome. And I'm telling you, my son was standing a few feet behind me and I'm like, you can come closer, you can come closer. And he's like, it's cool, it's cool. I'm cool right here. It's so beautiful, but it's intense when you see fireworks right in your face, okay? That's the fear I'm talking about. Knowing something is so beautiful and amazing and awesome, but also knowing it has power and respecting that power. And fireworks, those are like those are like tiny matches in God's back pocket, right? No, no, no. No, it's like 
their tiny matches and those in the girl jeans, you know, like the, that little pocket, that little useless pocket on the side. I don't know what we're supposed to put in that. A penny? I don't know what we're supposed to put in that. That's what fireworks are to God. That's nothing compared to his amazing power. And we should respect that power. It's beautiful and it's terrifying, but it's awesome. Fearing the Lord is respecting him. It's trusting that he is in control. He is sovereign. Psalm 112.7 says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And in the KJV, it says his heart is fixed. And that means that somebody that is trusting in the Lord, their heart is fixed. We are set on trusting the Lord. He is in control of all of this. So think about all the things that have to happen on earth for earth to stay in orbit. All the things that have to happen every day for everything to flow the way that it does. Why would I ever doubt that God can handle my problems, my little problems that I have, my worry? You know, my problems, Randy's problems are so tiny. And I, this makes me think of another story of a man that goes to our church. He's a retired firefighter. I remember him saying that, you know, as a firefighter, he responded to calls every day at work, right? And people that call 911, they are calling because they have an emergency, right? But the person on the other side of that phone call, the operator, they're just responding to calls. And as a firefighter, when he would go somewhere, he was going somewhere where that person, they called him because it was an emergency. But for him, he was just responding to another call. Okay, it was just another day at work. And he wasn't saying that like he didn't care, but he was saying that he knew that it was okay because this is what he did. This was his job. And so when we pray, we pray to God many times like this is an emergency. But to God, he's just responding to another call. And I really, really liked that. I really love that story. And I think about it often. Why would I ever doubt that God could handle my problems? My God is an awesome God. 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. What great things has the Lord done for you today? And I love this quote by Jim Berg, who I had the pleasure of meeting last year at a conference. He said, meditation is not hard to understand. <laughs> Anyone who knows how to worry knows how to meditate. Worriers are skilled in the meditation process, but are meditating on the wrong kind of thoughts. What kind of thoughts are you meditating on today? We need to stop meditating on the wrong things. Stop worrying about the flesh about what other people can do to us or worrying about other people's opinions or their thoughts about us. Instead, we need to meditate on the Lord. We need to respect him and fear him. 
follow his commandments and love him because he first loved us. Oh, how great are thy works, O God. Oh, how much he does for me, for you, every single day. When we do that, when we start to care only about what God thinks about us instead of what man, what other people think about us, that's the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Fear only God. So quick application, two things. Number one, get that courage book. The link is in the description. Number two, read Psalms to discover God's character. If you are struggling with how to fear the Lord and you're struggling to know who God is, read Psalms. Just start going through them and highlight whenever you come to something, God's promise, his character, anything that has to do with who he is, I want you to highlight it. So Hebrews 13.6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We need to start learning who God is. And that starts by getting into his word and finding the truth. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So I hope this has helped you understand that if you're a worrier, you're worrying about the wrong things. You're fearing the wrong thing. God is in control. He always has been and he always will be. And if you're still feeling the disconnect, please stay tuned for the next episode because I'm going to walk you through something you can do to activate the Holy Spirit in your life. It's going to be a good one, and it goes hand in hand with today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to give this episode your star rating and head over to brokenablessed.com for more help on worrying. I pray you have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next time.